On this week's episode, we do custom bike fitting with Camille Abderrahman. This is the We Do Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the We Do Podcast. This is episode 13. Thank you for joining us once again. And as always, the We Do Podcast is brought to you by Graytech. Let's see what we can do together. Graytech is available anywhere you download your apps or visit us at graytech.com. Thanks again for joining us. We have a great show for you in store this week. I was able to line up a chat with Coach Camille from MotionFit. Camille got his start as a triathlon coach and moved on to being one of the nation's leading bike fitters. He's stationed here in Central Florida, and he and I got a chance to get caught up, and I got a chance to learn a lot of cool things about Camille. So... Without further ado, here is the interview with Coach Camille on the We Do Podcast. All right, we are lucky enough to have Coach Camille from MotionFit as our guest coach. Thank you so much for joining us on the We Do Podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I, I've known you from afar. I think we've met once before. But um, I've always wondered, um, you know, like your history. So where did you grow up and, and how did you get into cycling? Uh, well, actually, uh, I grew up in Venezuela, uh, okay. which is in South America. I was born in Wisconsin, but uh, my parents moved when I was uh, a, a baby to Venezuela. So I grew up there uh, until uh, right before high school. Um, then I moved to the States. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I continued here. Most of the time, I, I we went straight to Wisconsin, and I realized uh, the weather wasn't for me, and I moved to Florida. Oh, yeah, very cold. Did you did you ride your bike in Venezuela when you were up there? Back back then we used mm-hmm. to do BMXing. It was kind of the hottest thing, right? Yeah. Uh, road cycling wasn't as hot as it is now, uh, so BMXing was the only thing I was able to do back home. Yeah, a lot of hills there too, right? A lot of mountains. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, didn't some of the teams um, in, in the tour don't they come from uh, BMX background? Some of those hill climbers. Oh yeah, um, most of the hill um, BMXing or mountain bike, mm-hmm. um, just because of the bike handling skills, it yeah. does help. Yeah, awesome. So, you're a coach, but you also are a bike fitter. Which came first? Did you start as a coach, or how did that work? Great question. Um, I started as a coach first, okay. uh, and I started as a triathlon coach. Then I uh, became a cycling coach and, and moved up to uh, the pro level of like level one, mm-hmm. um, and um, and then I became a, psych, a a bike fitter just because of the necessity. Uh, I was I was coaching my athletes. I realizing that they have full potential, but the bike was holding them back. And yeah. uh, back in the days, uh, it wasn't a lot of information about TT position or TT adjustment. And I realized it was it was everything on the bike fit at, at that point. Uh, and then that's why I, uh, I went in and started becoming a bike fitter. Now you, you coached, did you race before you coached or did you just get into coaching right away? 
Yeah, I mean, I always have that uh, that race kind of bug on me. Uh, mm-hmm. BMXing, triathlon, uh, road racing, a little bit of mountain bike. Uh, now I'm more into uh, gravel, just like everybody else, yeah, right? Uh, so much uh, fun. <laughs> it is so much fun, and then uh, and also it's just. Uh, it's it's very challenging yeah uh, in many many ways right yeah so i love that well I, i've had a couple coaches on and now do you get the same rush as you uh watch your athletes cross the finish line as you did when you crossed the finish line oh of course uh you know you are definitely connected to the athlete and their goals mm-hmm. um so it's an emotional connection so um you're definitely looking forward for them to do well and when you see them crossing the line and and accomplishing their goal is like you accomplish your goal as yeah, well yeah yeah you, you get that rush for sure i've i've had the privilege of coaching a few people and it's like wow yeah i'm right there with you <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely so so you you when did you decide to get certified to be a bike it was it called a bike fitter is that what we would call you yes yeah definitely a bike fitter um I think after, right after, like within two years of being coaching, uh, mm-hmm. I realized that was kind of the missing link. And, and back then, uh, we're talking about probably 16, 17 years ago, it wasn't nothing uh, in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only send your clients to, you know, local shops. And, um, and, but at the same time, neither, on the, neither of the local shop either had a triathlon bike or, yeah. or anything like that. Um, so, that's kind of when I decided. So it was around uh, 16 years ago. Wow. I didn't realize motion fit with that. It, well, you were fitting and then you decided to start motion fit. Is that how it, how it worked out? So I started with a company called Coach for Tries. Okay. Uh, that was my coaching uh, company. And then it kind of shifted really quick into fitting uh, more heavily. Uh, and then I decided to open motion fit as, as another entity. Uh, and and kind of have like different divisions, like you know, coaching is mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. But the emphasis is is definitely on the bike fitting and uh, biomechanics. Very cool. So you are a retool master certified bike fitter, as well as several other accreditations. How does one become a retool um, master certified bike fitter? Wow. Uh, well, back in the days. Um, Retool was a separate entity uh, and actually was kind of merged with Specialized. So back then you could have gone and you have to wait five years before you go into your master certification and prove that you have done uh, the audit some of your fits and make mm-hmm. sure you've done quite good work before that. And actually it was pretty intense. Uh, you you went to the main office and was tested by three different instructors very heavily. Wow. Um, yeah, there was three intense days. I remember having such migraines those days. But um, but it's, it's, it was great. Uh, I had fun uh, being challenged that way. Uh, now it's a little bit different, but... You know, I think, you know, the certification is just a, a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you, as you mentioned, yes, I do have the uh, retool, but I have all the accreditation. And you got to think about it. Bike feeding is, is just one philosophy. It's not the answer. Yeah. Uh, you, human bodies are completely different. And so for me, I, I actually get you know, new certification trainings every year. And the reason is because I'm looking forward learning different um, strategies, different uh, methods. Um, and, you know, and also we know that uh, through research, some of that data or some of those skills change. Yeah. Right? Uh, 
So what we thought it works uh, two, three years ago is no longer valid. Um, and now we know why. It's always the why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, I, I'm looking forward to improve my own skills, but I'm also looking forward to being able to help new clients coming in with uh, either the same problems or challenge problems. I mean, remember, uh, each client that comes to my studio is, is a Pandora box. Uh, I just don't know what I'm going to discover. Yeah, you're almost like a detective, aren't you? You've got to try to figure out what's going on, huh? 100%. From the moment the person walking, I'm already evaluating the yeah. person. 100%. Even, even by their stride, like when they walk in? Oh, walking, sitting. And yeah. Actually, one of the tricks is for them to sit and relax because I want, them, I want to see how they, they sit and I want to see how they actually are able to get off the seat. Okay. Um, and because it's just... Okay, let's let's think about this in a big picture. Mm-hmm. So we got twenty four hours a day. We we probably much sleep eight hours uh, a day for the most of us. So we only maybe are able to cycle twelve hours average yeah. a week. That's ten percent of a week. Ten percent, ten percent. So if you think about it, I'm more concern about the 90% how are you functional as a moving human being okay uh, because eventually that will transfer to how are you going to do on your bike how are you going to do when you're running mm-hmm. uh, so that's why I'm always evaluating gotcha gotcha so the other certifications you have how does that marry into your retool like um, what what are these other accreditations do to help help your your athletes um, so some of them are like a human body um, the mechanics, movement. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some other ones that are, uh, we have done in terms of um, your anatomy and how your feet work and function inside of the shoe. And uh, they're completely different from running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that helps too, to understand why certain things will appear. Uh, our retool system is an, is an amazing tool to give us data. Okay. And, but we are a analytical person. I'm, I'm, my background is computer science, so okay. I'm already thinking on analytical. So when I see data, I can I can understand where the data come from mm-hmm. and what what that means. Um, so it it helps the other accreditation helps the, my retool um, certification because I can understand what's happening with the human body based on the data. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like an all around picture for you to be able to make That's your correct. decisions. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, and, I, and, I, and it might sound cliche, but it's, it's the whole part of the science and the, and the art and the science, right? Mm-hmm. All merged together. Yeah, marrying uh, together. Yeah. Of course. Very cool. So how important is a proper fit? Now, this is a general question, so I'm sure you're going to be able to expand on it. But how important is a fit for a triathlete or a cyclist? Well, um, the biggest part of 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 bicycle because i mean triathlon cyclists are the same thing we we have a physical unit and we're trying to pedal through it Mm -hmm. is the key is efficiency and cycling economy um we are trying to be as as efficient as we can by minimizing waste of force it's no different than you know being on the pool uh are you smooth or your stroke uh or you are one of those who are just going crazy on the pool, but you're not moving forward at all. (laughs) Flailing around. (laughs) Yeah. It's the same thing happened on the bike. Unfortunately, in the bike, it's it's not noticeable because you're still moving forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
But cycling and economy is, is one, one key component. Are, are your positioning on the bike correctly for you to, to functionally utilize your muscle and your position correctly to move at certain speed with less effort? Yeah. Pretty much that's, that's the key. How um, I, I can only imagine if you're on a group ride Knowing as much as you do, how much does it bother you when you see somebody and you're like, oh, I could fix that. Oh, I, I see he's doing this. You know what I mean? How, how much does that get to you? It, it does. Um, but over the years, you, you know, you come to realize you, you – I'm a cyclist. I'm an athlete as well. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to separate myself from that. Yeah. Um, yes, but I, I can pick it up right away. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, but I'm just trying to have fun just like everyone else. Yeah. I'm still, so that's the difference. You know, I'm still a active cyclist. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, so it's not like I'm only coaching and feeding and, and I don't, I don't ride yeah. my bikes, ride all my bikes, uh, for that. And I ride it for that reason, just to be connected to, to the current, mm-hmm. uh, situations, product and whatnot. My, um, my son's a swimmer and I'll be on the pool deck while he's, um, you know, going through his classes and his lessons and I'll see a, an age group triathlete over in a, in a lane and struggling or crossing over. And I'm like, no, don't go over there and ask him if he needs help. Just let him do his thing. So that's why I was wondering if you go through the same thing I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to uh, hold back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, is there a difference? You were saying that we're all we're all riding a bicycle, basically. But is there a difference for the bike fit road versus triathlon versus the latest trend now, which is gravel? Is there any differences that we need to be thinking about when we're getting a fit? Um, the position is definitely different. I mean, uh, I think the the, the two they kind of be very similar will be uh, road and gravel. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar. The only the only difference from a, a gravel standpoint is maybe uh, your upright, your back angle is a little bit more relaxed uh, and your reach and maybe your handlebar might be a different width just to have more control depending on where you race. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Florida, that's pretty, pretty good. Uh, gravel is very minimal. Uh, up north, then it become more challenged, more technical. Gotcha. Now, triathlon bike, just for the nature of it, the construction of the bike is more on the forward end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your body position is completely different. You're dependent more on your elbow pads than your hands on the elbow bars. You know, yeah, so, uh, it's completely different. So, but and but in general, in general, you you always looking at how is your your pedal stroke and your muscles and engaging mm-hmm. throughout the pedal stroke. Uh, so you're always looking at the same thing. It's just positions will position be on the yeah yeah position on the um the uh, saddle as well, right? You, oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's a good point. So if it, why is it so important for a bike fit prior to buying a new bike? It, why is that so crucial? Well, this is the part where you say, I'm, I'm buying a bike or I'm making an investment. Yeah. And, and I know it sounds crazy me saying investment because, you know, you really don't hold the value that well, but you have to think about an investment is investing in yourself. Um, when you do a bike fit prior to buying a bike, you already uh, understand what frame works for you, what mm-hmm. size. But also, you, you you can you can deny the importance of components. That's what makes that's what makes a, a bike. And what I mean with components is what size handlebar would that work for me? Yeah. Um, 
what crank size were worth for me based based on on based on your goals, but also based on your current uh, strength and weaknesses of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you merge that, it's, it's a package. Um, and at times, you know, maybe one brand shifters is is better for you than others based on your hand. Uh, how large your fingers are? Do wow. you have any any problem on your wrist? Um, so you have to kind of think about that. That's why I said it's an investment on you, not not investing in the bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more likely, what I see when clients do this process, they tend to keep the, the bikes way longer. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like you're telling me I should have come to see you before I bought my new bike, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, and the, the other part, okay. Forget about the component, but also you have to think about it. My part is I interview the client and ask him, what are are your goals? What are you trying to do with the bike? Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why is because maybe it's a different brand that have the geometry that will be best for you. Okay. Right. You want one bike is more stable, then the wheelbase might need to be longer. and, And there's some parts of the bikes that makes it feel different. Uh, and that's my job to determine what will that be for mm-hmm. you. Very cool. So, so you you're able to help with with uh, with bike fit. You're also a triathlon coach. What other services are, do you provide to help your triathletes and your cyclists? Um, so we do once again we do bike fittings. Uh, we do uh, shoe fitting. Um, that's another part that I, uh, is very critical, and I think a lot of cyclists. Um, our struggle uh, is just with their their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is, of course, is number one is, is saddle pressure. We do uh, saddle uh, pressure mapping system. Oh, very cool. Where come from and where is the pressure? It's, and we can identify is, is that saddle adequate support for you? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do VO2 max, lactate test, biomechanics, uh, and then uh, we do race strategy, okay. aerodynamics. Yeah. Very cool. Now, um, the shoe fitting that you've got me um, wondering there, like sometimes I'll get a, a hot foot or is that what it's called? What, what's wrong with my shoe then? Why, why am I getting that? Perfect. I think, I think we're going to jump into a very good topics. And I think, um, if we think about it, the most common problems with cyclists is either, it's either saddle or it's either your, your, your foot, yeah. right? Hot foot, like you mentioned. Uh, the problem is this: today's mar- today's industry or manufacturer are making the the shoe and the toe box too narrow and the heel cup too wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about it, when you pedal, if you don't have adequate arch support, your toes are c- kind of collapse in the shoe. Yeah. Um, so, like for instance, I had a client last week that literally he was a centimeter and a half too. The shoe was too narrow. Uh, and he was having a foot problem. Yeah. So what happened is the shoe is so narrow, it compressed the metal tarsals on your toes, and then the pain, it, it actually started on the knee of your toes. But that's not the problem. The problem is that shoe is too narrow on the toe box. Gotcha. Yeah, when, when you pedal, it's different than running. When you're running, your feet actually move forward yeah, and back. spread out, yeah. But when you pedal on the shoe, actually your metal tarsal is spread side to side. Gotcha. And now that only happens if you have adequate R support on your on your insoles. Okay. Very yes. Cool. So yes. it sounds like you focus a lot on the parts of your body that touch the bike, right? Is that 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, the two teams that are the most important is shoe is the the first contact point where it's fixed in the bike, and then mm-hmm. also, also it gives you a stability on the bike. So yeah. if you think about it, your feet are like a tripod, right? Yes. So the wider the tripod, the more stable it is. Mm-hmm. And so if you're already by nature have wide feet, you're already um, economical being stable that way why are you gonna make it even narrow and then you expect that you're gonna be stable on the bike okay because the problem if you're already unstable on your shoes is going to uh give you uh problems on your saddle gotcha uh yeah so when i get a proper bike fit is that going to make me ride longer ride faster gain watts what is the number one thing i'm going to get out of getting a bike fit um, economics, okay. um, you are going to ride more economical, which means that, um, if, if we, let's say that, um, I think everybody knows wattage, if you ride at 200 wattage, how long can you maintain that? And mm-hmm. so it's more sustainable because you're not wasting energy or you fighting against some physical aspect. It could be the shoe, it could be the saddle. And eventually you are going to waste energy to hold a position that is not that's not natural, mm-hmm. and and then power goes down afterwards. Gotcha. Well, now that, that leads me into um, my uh, personal question for myself. I, I just bought sure. a new bike. I got a Look 785, and I want to, like, let's just pretend that I'm coming to see you. What what do I have to look forward to when I get fitted? Like, what what's the, the process so folks out there that may be interested in getting a bike fit, too, can, can hear how it goes? Um, definitely. So, um, my normal process is as, um, as the client coming to the studio, uh, we starting kind of like normal chatting, uh, talking about their goals and, and my, my entire, um, goal is to evaluate the client, um, body position, uh, how is your, are you arching or your, how is your shoulders position are, uh, are you lacking anything in terms of maybe I can see the, the person is the back angle. It's different just because they, they've been having some back issues. Um, then from that moment, then we jump into the body evaluation. Mm-hmm. So I run in through a whole bunch of movement to understand what are the limitations. And and we discuss, um, you know, prior injuries or okay. surgeries. Most of the time, clients forget certain injuries or surgery they have maybe 10 years ago or more. Uh-huh. And they never disclose that on the form. But it, it come up during the table. During the table and during the movement, I say, what happened here? And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, I twisted my ankle. I broke my – something happened. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I can tell that it, this, maybe the uh, rehab wasn't well done and they lost some mobility. Mm-hmm. So that actually is going to kind of carry over into the bike or the run as well. Uh, then after that, um, we kind of go over and evaluate the shoe. Uh, since, you know, the client is not on the bike here, I can see that uh, based on what I evaluated, um, the, maybe the shoe is adequate or not. Uh, and then I take the insole out of the shoe because it can tell a story. When I yes. take the insole out, I can tell where is the, where is the wear and tear of, of, of the insole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps a lot. Uh, and then at that moment, then I, we, we start kind of doing the, the, the fitting process. We, we put a client on the, on the bike and then we, 
um, attach all the sensors right and left side so we can evaluate both sides. Okay. Uh, then we take, I call it the, like the baseline capture. Okay. It's like, where, where have you been over the years? Um, and, um, and what is, what is right and wrong and why is happening um, mm-hmm. now throughout the evaluation, we, you know, before we get it, the person on the bike, we will have like, a, we sit down again and we have a conversation of all my findings that I found on the table. And, um, most of the time they're not good, oh boy. <laughs> but, but it's, it's an opportunity for the client to work on their weaknesses. Sometimes mm-hmm. they are not aware uh, and I always provide certain workouts or if I see they have a problem, I'd be able to refer them to a physical therapist or yeah. masseuse, uh, so they can actually improve from there. Very cool. So we, we, we did the, um, evaluation. You've put me on the bike. You stuck me to the sensors. Is it like a little stick figure or something like that where I can see what I look like as a computer yes. model? That's correct. And it's three dimensional. It's not only... Uh, it, it measure uh, sideway, but also measure like if your pelvis are rotating side side to side. Yeah. Um, so we are capturing uh, everything uh, in all directional. Okay. Uh, which which is very helpful uh, for us to understand. So then you'll have me get off the bike. You'll adjust what you think needs to f- be adjusted, and then I'll get back on and we'll evaluate again. Is that how it works? That's correct. So my my first uh, approach will be if the shoes are fine, then uh, we are trying to adjust the cleat position mm-hmm. um, to provide adequate support. Uh, from there, I will put you back on the bike and then confirm that the changes I made help or did not. Okay. Okay. So you you gotta think about it. I'm I'm actually um, I have my theory, and I'm trying to prove myself right or wrong. Okay. And and if it's not, then it's okay. We can adjust it again mm-hmm. and to the point where, okay, I'm satisfied with that. And then I move into the saddle. Okay. And, and the saddle will be another part where we move far forward, back, or or up and down. Yeah. Depending on the, uh, the need of the adjustment. Um, and then the end always will be the handlebar or the arrow bar. Okay. okay. Because the position of your shoe and the saddle cannot be dictated by the handlebar or arrow bar. Those, those oh. two have to be correct before we even move forward. Gotcha. Yeah. I never thought about yes. it that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because and think about it and your, your shoes, you're cleat on and then on the saddle you're sitting on. So it's nothing, nothing you can do that have to be correct before we can move forward. Yeah. Um, sure. So, so we've, we've done that. Now do you set me free and say, Go forth and ride, Billy. Am I on my own? Do I get to come back and see you if something doesn't feel right? Because I'm sure once I get fitted, it's going to feel completely different than what I've been riding on, right? That is correct. So, um, you know, since we've been doing this for so long, we, we have a policy where we have three months of any adjustment is no charge. Oh, okay. Uh, we do this just because we understand that sometimes the client's adaptation might take longer. Okay. All right. So... Let's say that a rider rides four times a week. Usually for a rider that case, it takes two weeks for full adaptation. Okay. Now, we also get the weekend warriors, right? They're only Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. They would take longer. They can take two months because they only get to ride twice a week, and then the body takes longer to adapt to that change. Yeah. Uh, so we, you have to think about it. Adaptation is, is crucial here. 
Um, and so uh, most of the time, um, clients might need just very tweak, very maybe a couple of degrees on the side or change, and that's it. Or we have this, the clients that require certain parts. They might need to change the handlebar and they need to return. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I always ask them to come back so I can make sure everything is set up correctly. Now, have you ever had a client come in with a handlebar that was just too wide or too too narrow and you're like, yes. hey, you yes. gotta you gotta redo this kind of thing? Yes. I, yes. I, I bet that breaks his heart, right? He's like, I just bought this bike. <laughs> I mean, if the problem, um, and it's not the client's fault. I mean, so this, these are clients that hasn't done my pre-feeding before buying the bike. Mm-hmm. So because when the client do this service, they already know what handlebar and crank, everything. They already yeah. know everything. Uh, but manufacturers are, you know, it's hard for them to identify what is going to be placed on those 56 centimeter or 54. Mm-hmm. So, Problems that I see most of the time, handlebars are always too wide. Yeah. And always too wide. And at times, crank arms are too long. Okay. Uh, and this and this goes for uh, Roto TT. It, it happens more on the TT position, uh, triathlon, than on the road. But it yeah. does happen. Awesome. Well, with, with COVID going on, how has your business had to adapt you know, like what has changed for you? Are, are you seeing more folks? Because I know I've talked to some folks and they're like, wow, people are on the road now because they're, they're not able to go places. So they're out riding their bikes more. Have you seen an influx of people coming in to get fitted since this whole epidemic started? Yes. Um, and, and it's kind of funny because during this time, usually on uh, September, October, I'm, I'm, I'm in Europe working. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't expecting to see this, um, uh, uh, increase of, you know, newcomers or, or actually just returning customers. They stop cycling for one reason or another. Yeah. Uh, so it has increased tremendous. Um, I think now we get into the point where uh, it's hard to get parts or bikes. Yes. Uh, and I have customers that we've done the entire process and their bikes are going to get here by March. Wow. So they have to wait. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so yes, uh, it has increased in it, and I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the community, right? So because mm-hmm. uh, us, us athletes, we always were we were felt like uh, the outsiders or the strange mm-hmm. athletes <laughs> or cycling in the town, and everybody's upset. But I, I think the, the the mindset is is shifting yeah. a little bit. Uh, which I'm very happy about that. Very cool. Well, how can folks find out more about you? Like what's your website, um, social media? Because I know I'm, I'm going to brag a moment. I, I love watching your Instagram posts of your travels. Uh-huh. They're amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they can find me at definitely uh, uh, motionfit.net. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right there we um, are – uh, information is posted or on Facebook uh, they, um, and in Instagram as well. Uh, we try to post very frequent and trying to provide tips um, pretty much in trying to create awareness of uh, if we, you have this type of problem, this is, this is something that we can help with. Very cool. Well, I for one am excited because I'm going to come and see you and get this new bike fitted. I'm looking forward to that. That will be kind of great. Yeah, maybe yep. I can. Uh, I was telling Coach Camille, and maybe I'll come back and tell you guys how how it how it worked for me. 
um, because I know I've, I've got it tweaked the way I think I need it, but I'm sure that you're going to be able to find some things that I didn't see. Of course. I mean, that's kind of my job is always uh, kind of finding the the ways to make you better on, on the bike. Uh-huh. Uh, and I mean, and the other part is just not the bike fitting. It's also the learning uh, because during the bike fittings, we, I try to teach clients of positioning. And I think a lot of people don't talk about that. Uh, you know, if we are, you know, swimming, I'm mm-hmm. sure you realize you practice a lot of techniques and running the same thing. I think every single sport, we practice techniques. Yes. Now, when we come to cycling, nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. It's not even part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the process of trying to teach them, you know, what is the position you're supposed to be on and why and what type of techniques you need and, and, and drills you need to do to, to improve your cycling. It's not just about riding. You've got to practice mm-hmm. your, your skill sets. And yeah, yeah, we um, I send folks out doing intervals on uh, the run, and when I tell them to do some intervals on the bike, they go, "Wait, wait, what?" And I'm like, "No, it's real important." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, I think a lot of um, cyclists, um, you know, they just start biking, they just go to a, a group, and they're just trying to mimic how everybody is cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at times, you know, if you have Someone who has been riding for years and has a good technique, that's great. Yeah. Most of the time, it's not the case. Um, and, you know, hand position and shoulders and elbows, it's, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so hard. You got to think about it when we do a fitting is, yes, we can help you, but you have to modify your behavior. Yeah. And, and that is the hardest thing. Human humans do not like to change. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've been doing it this way for years, coach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up now. Um, coach Camille, thank you so much for being on the We Do podcast. And you guys go out and check out motionfit.net. And let's all get our bikes fitted because that's the way you should be out there. If you've spent that much money on your bike, you need to be fitted. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure working with you. Be sure to go over to motionfit.net and schedule an appointment to get fit for your bike. You'll be glad you did. I want to thank Coach Camille for being on with us today, and I want to thank our audience for listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, join us each week as we explore more of the cool things we do If you have comments or questions, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at WeDoPodcast, or check out our website, thewedopodcast.com. We'll see you next time on the WeDoPodcast, where we're always talking about all the cool things we do.